Wow, what a shock that was. Never in my wildest dreams did I expect anything like that. But I'm very humbled and very appreciative, and I will certainly make good use of it. Thank you. Well, good morning. <laughs> As you can probably guess by the uh, attendees here this morning, this was our and semi-annual, yeah, semi-annual is two, right? <laughs> semi-annual uh, Cousins Weekend where we get together with our, all of us here this morning that you can see in our family. And we had a great day, of, a great weekend of fun and food and fellowship. But we miss Michelle, who is uh, Cindy and Christy's sister and our cousin and not able to be here because she was sick. And yesterday, we want to thank Joyce, and Joyce, we have a gift for you. Thank you for your help yesterday. She was our art guide and instructor and encourager, and if you would like to view the paintings, they're on display in the art gallery next door, and you can view, you might have fun matching who painted which picture. Mine looks like a deformed hand, but other than that, and my ladybug looks like a turtle with mouse ears. I was not blessed with painting ability, but we had a great time, great fun anyway. I just want to ask the Lord to help us discern the word this morning. Someone asked me, "Is this? are we going to be in trouble this morning? And... I said, well, you might be, huh? Oh, I said, you might be, yeah. Um, but there's hope, because there's always hope in the Lord. Father, we do ask, Lord, that you would help us. Help us to discern your word accurately, and in a way that gets us approval from you, Lord. It's the most important thing. In Jesus' name, thank you for the anointing. Amen. As I was researching this message this last week, I saw a clip of someone who said, the way you can tell your level of discipleship in the Lord is by the joy in your heart. And that was checked in my spirit. Of course, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We could not Walk in this walk without the joy of the Lord. But I looked at the Bible and said, what does the Bible talk about the barometer of our discipleship? How does the word of God describe how we should treat our discipleship in the Lord? And let's turn to Luke chapter 14, and we're going to read the words of Jesus and find out just what he said about the matter. 14, verse 25. <clears throat> I'm sorry? Luke 14, verse 25. <clears throat> My voice is weak this morning, so pray that the Lord 
pumps it up. <laughs> We're going to start reading verse 25. A, loud, a large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and he said to them, If you want to be my disciple, you must hate everyone else by comparison. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. So let's pause right there just for a minute and look at the 800-pound elephant in the room. We know as students of the Word of God that we have to consider the entirety of the Scripture. We don't just select one word or even one passage and create a doctrine or a statement upon that. We know that Jesus did not mean that we need to really hate our relations. We understand that. So we can't assign a literal meaning as we would know the word hate today. That's not it. Matthew Henry said it like this, every good man must love his relations. And yet, if he be a disciple of Christ, he must comparatively hate them. He must love them less than Christ. He must, as Leah is said to be hated when Rachel was better loved by Jacob. This is how the man addresses his relations. It does not mean that their persons were in any way hated, but that our comfort, our satisfaction in them must be lost and totally swallowed up in our love for Christ. Is that beautiful? It's our dependence on or our assignment of love to them that must be in check in order to be the disciple of Christ. Wow, that packs a punch. Then let's go on reading verse 27. For Jesus had more to say. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. It's said that Jesus used this example of carrying your own cross because it was well known that the Romans cruelly required any condemned man to carry the weight of his own cross to his own death place, just as Jesus would do a short time after having said this. And so far, we've heard that those who love Jesus, who are disciples of his, must hate ourselves, hate those around us comparatively to him, and that we must carry our own cross. This is why I said that when, the, when that man said that the joy is our barometer of discipleship, it checked in my spirit. This is not what Jesus said, is it? Clearly it's not. So then Jesus gets down to the nitty-gritty, verse 28. But don't begin, he says, to count the cost until you count the cost. Excuse me. Don't begin to be a disciple until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there is enough money to finish it. 
Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. Verse 30. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Why did Jesus say this? Because if you remember in the book of Joshua, chapter 24, when Joshua confronted the people and said to them, choose you this day whom you will serve. And what did the people say? Oh, yes, we will serve the Lord our God. We will never abandon the Lord our God. We will never serve other gods again. For the Lord has rescued us from Egypt, and he's done such mighty works and miracles in our midst. But Joshua Joshua replied to them, But you are not ready to make this commitment. Your heart is full of sin and rebellion, and God is a holy and jealous God. And yet again, they insisted on their immediate loyalty to God, but they had not counted the cost. For in verse 23, Joshua brings it home to them and says, Okay, then you put your money where your mouth is and you destroy every one of those idols among you and you turn your heart away from the evil deeds that you've done and you turn your heart to the God of Israel. And Joshua took it even further and he said, I built an altar here and the Lord told me to put this stone next to the tabernacle and this stone will cry out to tell God if you do not honor the vow that you make today. So be careful what your vow to the Lord is. And he went on to say, that the Lord keeps the record of their vow recorded in the book of God's instructions. That's what it's called in Joshua 24. Oh, and the stones were there to remind them of the vows they made to God. Let's go back and finish up Luke 14, 31. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors and discussing whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him. And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss the terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple, Jesus said, without giving up everything you own. It will cost us something to be his disciple. And I beg to differ that it is not about the joy bells, but it is about the very content of our heart and what's in there that might steal time, loyalty, and attention, and love from God. What's in there that might even cause us to stumble and fall? And if you've been watching any of the Uh, things that are going on in the church world, you know that there are some heartbreaking failures that have been happening, bringing shame to the name of Christ and shame to the body of Christ. But bearing the name of Jesus 
will cause a scrutiny to come upon us. Greater than any time in my life am I seeing people who name Christ being targets of media, targets of political stances, targets of even schools and things that we would take for granted that they would be welcomed. But not so. Instead, we're immediately judged. We're immediately categorized as crazy people. And, you know, um, the words escaped me. So we must consider the expense of our spiritual standing and our proclamation of being a disciple of Christ. And Jesus finished this message talking about being self-aware and not self-deceived. Verses 34, he said, salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how can you make it salty again? Flavorless salt, he said, is good neither for the soil nor the manure pile. It isn't even good enough for compost or fertilizer. It must be thrown away. And anyone with ears hear and listen and understand. So is it all doom and gloom to say that we're disciples of Christ? No, not so. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we're going to read just a few verses in this chapter. Paul was in prison at this time, and his life was nearly over, and he said, Timothy... It's true, you're going to have to endure hardships as a good soldier of Christ. You'll have to work hard. You'll have to study the word hard to be approved by God. You'll have to stay away from foolish talk and foolish people and remain faithful to what you've been taught your whole life. Teach these precious truths, Timothy, to others so they can pass them on to their loved ones. And here's the rhema of the word for the day. Verse 19, chapter 2. Paul said, Timothy, yes, these things are all true. You're going to have to do them all. But... The truth of God stands firm like a foundation stone, just like Joshua laid back in the Old Testament with this inscription on it. For the Lord knows who are his, and all who are his must turn from evil. Amen. So there was that, this pretty significant statement that yes you go through all of these things and you work hard and you study hard for the Lord but he knows you he knows your heart he knows who you are and Paul said verse 6 as for me my life has already been poured out as an offering to God the time of my death is near but I have fought the fight I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. He wasn't a success to, to convert everyone he came in contact with, but he finished the race. He fought the fight as well as he could, and he remained 
faithful. In verse 8, he says, and now I get the prize. It's the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. He wasn't even looking for it right now. It was enough to know that Jesus would meet the need and give him that righteous crown at his appearing. And he said, Timothy, the prize is not just for me, but it's for you and all those disciples who eagerly look for his appearing. I would say discipleship can be hard. It can be costly. Oh, but there's a prize and it is at the end of the race. You all know the author Dottie Rambo I was reading a bit about her again this, this past. The Lord put this song in my heart, and I, I was going to try and sing it, but I can't. My voice is gone. But I want to read to you the words of this. She wrote this song in 1970, and she said that for years her husband had been unfaithful to her, time and time and time again. And she had back problems that were so severe. She had something like 12 or 14 surgeries on her back. And she said she was down praying one day. And she said, this song just poured out in my prayer. And it says, when I'm low in spirit, I cry, Lord, lift me up. I want to go higher with you. But the Lord knows I can't live on the mountain. So he picked out a valley for me. But he leads me beside still waters. Somewhere in the valley below. And he draws me aside to be tested and tried. But in the valley he restoreth my soul. She said, it's dark as a dungeon, and the sun seldom shines. And I question, Lord, why must this be? But he tells me that there's strength in my sorrow, and there's victory in trials for me. Let him lead you beside those still waters. When the discipleship thing gets a little hard, and it does, I'm telling you. Somewhere in that valley below, there's a place that he'll draw us aside, even when we're tested and tried. And it's in that valley that he restores our soul. Will you stand this morning? Nothing, nothing can stand between us and our love for the Lord. No one can be more important than he is. The world says that the key to success is to amass everything you can to yourself. But Jesus says, no, it's exactly the opposite. It's when we're willing to let go of everything we have, everything we call dear, and be willing to walk through the valley with him that he restores our soul. 
How's your discipleship barometer this morning? Is it in good standing with the Lord? If it's not, you can just ask him to help you to raise the level of the barometer. Oh, Father, we thank you today for your many, many blessings. We thank you for the word, oh God, that teaches us truth, that teaches us what you said about being a disciple and prepared us, Lord, that we knew it wouldn't be easy. Oh, but that prize, oh, that prize of being adorned, oh God, by your Holy Spirit to come into fellowship with you and into life eternal with you. Oh, that prize is so worth it. Make it worth it today, Lord. Make us understand the worth of it today, oh God, that we see through the valleys, that we see through the hardship or the name-calling of being a disciple of Christ, whatever it might be, and that we cherish, oh, we cherish that heart place, Lord, that you restore our soul in the valley. Just thank him for it this morning, would you? Would you just thank him? Oh, Lord, how we praise your name that you do restore us in the valley, Lord. There's victory even in heartache, and there's, there's peace in the midst of the storm, oh God. It's when you give us strength. It's when you lift us up, Lord. Oh, how we thank you, Jesus. How we thank you, Father. Oh, we worship and adore your name, Lord. We pray that we be found worthy to be called a disciple of Christ this morning, Lord. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, God, and I pray blessing and benediction upon this people. Oh, this lovely, lovely people, Lord Jesus, that are your disciples, Lord. Oh, crown them this morning, Lord, with your presence. Crown them, Lord, with every good thing that you have for them in this life as well as the life to come. Oh, we praise your name, Lord. We give you grace and glory, power and honor to your name, oh Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Go with us today, Lord. Thank you for the fellowship that we have today in Jesus' precious name. Lord, we ask that you bless the food, that you would honor our time together with your presence. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.